What up everybody? I have finally defeated all the Valkyries, so in my mind I have finally completed God of War for the reboot. I don't know. Now we move on to God of War Ragnarok that will be released in a couple of weeks. I'm trying to get that. I might wait a little while for the price to go down and then buy it. But I do want to get the limited edition controller, but I have finally defeated all the Valkyries. Um, right now I'm playing on New Game Plus to try to get the Zeus armor, but not something at the top of my list. Um, I will be pumping out more videos in the coming weeks because I'm going to Costa Rica in a couple weeks, so you guys won't hear from me for about three weeks. So I'm going to try to have all that ready for you guys so you guys don't miss me too much. Not even that, like just so you guys have stuff to watch and be like, what's up with this guy? Even if you don't watch it, if you do. Really appreciate it, guys. Again, my UFC 279 recaps are already up. There's going to be more coming. I promise. All right, deuces, guys. Later. Peace. everybody i hope everybody's well i know you haven't heard from me for a week i do apologize i had some type of week bro that my chemical romance show had me stressed out but we got through it we saw my cam it was one of the greatest nights of my life i didn't think i would ever see be able to see my chemical romance again but the rock god smiled upon me and said don't worry adrian it'll happen again someday because you know i went through that age where like my chemical romance the use and all that stuff they suck compared to like a7x and slipknot but now i'm at the age where i like everything so everything's cool to me so i wish they all play together i'd watch it all but i digress i digress we are here it is ufc 280 fight week let's get into this right now welcome to the punch in the mouth podcast i'm adrian your host here we go we're going to do the review for UFC Fight Night, Grasso versus Arrojo. I hope I said her name right. Because they would say Arrojo, but then they said it weird. So we're going to go with Arrojo for today. If you want to get mad at me, get mad at me. I don't care. Alexa Grasso beats Viviani Arrojo. Unanimous decision. What a fight. Jonathan Martinez defeats Cub Swanson. I've never seen that type of leg kick before. And it was weird, right? Because leading up to the fight, Cub Swanson didn't even want to talk to the media. He had, like, one of his sparring partners doing it. That was weird. Dusko defeats Jordan Wright. Rafael Asuncao beats Victor Henry. Alonso Menafield beats Misha Krikonov. Wow, what a f what fights, man. This was weird. And, like, Ariel came out and said, he's like, I don't understand these Apex cards. Everybody else has fans. We all know what it is. The UFC realizes they're saving money because they were probably losing money doing these at live events. And they're probably getting the same type of viewership because what I do know is that the major cut of the UFC's profit comes from the numbers in ESPN. So you would think, well, 
Well, if they were to do them live, they'd probably be making more money. But if you think about it, they have to pay for insurance. They have to pay for a bunch of stuff. They were probably losing money with these. Um, I don't like saying the word weak, but like like very deep cut. Like People aren't going to sit there and watch Alexa Grasso versus Viviani Arrojo unless you're a hardcore fan, you know? And like a bunch of fights fell out. Like Ashgar Ashgar was supposed to fight Brandon Royval. Um, Danny Rodriguez was supposed to fight Neil Magny. That didn't happen. So yeah, man, I wonder how, I wonder if this is going to be the last year we see fight nights at the Apex or if they just like this model. I'm okay with it. I don't, I understand why somebody like Ariel's complaining, like, what are you doing? Like, at this point, Ariel, what do you care, you know? Like, why do you care? Is it affecting you in some way? You're, excuse me. You're still watching it. It still has the same type of implications. Like, let's look at the rankings. I should have pulled this up before I hit record. I always do this. I don't know why. Like, I want to know. And it's not talking smack about Ariel because I love Ariel. But, like, why would he say so? Is it affecting him in any type of a way? They're still inviting the media into the Apex. They still have the post fight press conferences. They still have the fighter meetings. Like, What's the pro? I want to know what the problem is. I guess that's where my question comes into play. What is the problem that Ariel has with this? The pay per views still feel just as big. These fights, whether they're live or in the apex, still get lost in the shuffle, you know? So I guess my question is what is Ariel's big problem? Let's see. Alessa Grasso is number five. She moved up one because she was number six. Wait a minute. She didn't move at all. The only one that moved down was. Arrojo, she was number five, and now she's number seven. Manon Fioriot is number six now. She's going to fight this weekend. Fioriot, not Fioriot. No, I did say Fioriot. I did say it. But I don't know, man. I don't have a problem with these Apex cards, do you guys? Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. But yeah, it's crazy. So Alexa Grasso, I don't know, man. You could fight Jessica Andrade. You could fight Lauren Murphy. But this is flyway, right? So Jessica's not even in this division anymore. So if I was her, I'd be shooting to fight Lauren or Tyler. Because I believe Caitlyn's fighting this weekend. Caitlyn Chukagian. Let's see. Yeah, she's fighting Manon Furiot. <laughs> but why? Why didn't... <sighs> what does it matter? That's who she's fighting. That's who it is, Asian. So if I'm Alexa Grasso and Jessica Andrade is not fighting Flyway, I'm trying to pick a fight with Lauren Murphy or Tyler. Preferably Lauren because right now they're saying Tyler might get the next title shot because of how close that first fight was with Valentina. So if, I, if I'm Alexa Grasso, I'm picking a fight with Lauren Murphy. I keep saying her name until she can't ignore me anymore. UFC 280. Here we go. Okay. First of all, I want to tell everybody, this is going to be in the morning, so if you live on the East Coast, it starts at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. If you live on the West Coast, it starts at, I just want, yeah, it starts at 11 a.m. So, so, if you live on the East Coast, the prelims start at 11 a.m. and on the West Coast at 8 a.m. And dude, this card is stacked. I mean, look. The second fight of the day is Mohamed Mokaya versus Malcolm Gordon. That's a crazy fight. Abu Bakr Nurmagomedov is fighting. 
He's fighting Omagajiev. Is he Ayev? I hope I said that right. I don't think I did. Zubara Turkanov is fighting Lucas Almeida. Nikita Krilov is fighting Volkan Ozdemir. Mohamed Muradov is fighting Kyle Barloho. That's a crazy fight. And the headliner for the prelims is Bula Muhammad versus Sean Brady. And then opening the main card is Kaelin Chukagin versus Manon Furiot. And then Benil Dariush will fight Mateusz Gamrat. And then Peter Young will fight Sean O'Malley. And then is the championship fight. Aljamain Sterling will defend his title against TJ Dillashaw. And then Charles Oliveira and Islam Mahashev will fight for the vacant lightweight belt. Okay. They're all there. But they're still. We're, we're what? Today is Tuesday. They're still. Sorry about that. There's still one piece of theater left. It's these fighters versus the scale. We all saw what happened in Charles' last fight. As much as we all want to say, whoa, whoa, that wasn't Charles' fault. The scale was decalibrated when they were testing the weight. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's always going to come up. It's always going to come up. So we shall see. We shall see. There's one piece of theater left, and it's the fight. That's the first fight. Is the fighters versus the scale. You beat the scale, then you go on and fight your opponent. Another thing that's in here is they know why it makes sense for Volkanovski to get the lightweight title shot. Volk is the official backup guy for whoever doesn't make it, whether it's Islam versus whether it's Charles. And he's getting the winner either way. Even if this fight versus Charles and Islam happens, he's getting the fight either way with the winner. Let's see what this article says. Alexander Volkanovski in prime position to challenge the UFC lightweight champion. That is according to UFC President Dana White who told Robbie Fox of Barstool Sports recently that Volkanovski versus the winner of Charles Oliveira and Islam Mahashev following UFC 280 is next. Well, it makes sense, said White. It makes sense. Despite a potential number one contender in Benil Darius versus Mateusz Gamera happening on the same pay-per-view event, Volkanovski was tapped to serve as the backup fighter for Oliveira. Versus Mahashev. And even if his services are unneeded on Saturday, the reigning UFC featherweight kingpin still gets the opportunity to become a two-division champ in his return to the octagon. Speaking to Mike Boham of MMA Junkie, Volkanovski responded to White and his confirmation that he would indeed get first dibs on whoever is the new UFC lightweight champion. It's good, said Volkanovski. That's obviously why I put myself in this position as well. Put it this way, I prepared for this. A lot of people are thinking I'm doing it just to, just in case. It's not just so. No one takes the opportunity away from me. That's why I'm, I did do it. But I made sure I'm still prepared and ready. We trained hard, continued Volkanovski. I still put the work in. It was a limited camp, but I've been in even in the cast. I was training pretty hard, thinking I reckon I would be going to Abu Dhabi. So I wanted my cardio to be up to scratch. And then as soon as it was off and as soon as I was allowed to have contact, I got stuck in it. I'm literally treating this as if I'm in camp. So it's good to hear that the big that from the big boss. <laughs> okay. So it's official, bro. And then, like, it's weird because supposedly they made the same promise to Benio. I really do feel for him. Because I don't think he's lying. I just think the UFC's 
having backups on backups. And then this comes out. Henry Cejudo contemplating retirement after missing out on Alexander Volkanovsky clash. I'm full with my career. Henry, stop it. Can you stop? Please, stop it. You're just mad. You're just mad. You're throwing a tantrum at this point. And I'm a big Henry Cejudo fan, but this is why people don't really like him. Former dual-way UFC champion Henry Cejudo is once again considering retirement. Triple C has been out of action since his win over Dominic Cruz at UFC 249 in May of 2020. Following the victory, Cejudo laid down the gloves on the octagon and stated he wanted to retire. The retirement seemed legitimate for most fans until he gave his post-fight press conference. In the post-fight pressure then, Bantamweight champion admitted that for the right price, he would return. The UFC didn't seem interested in playing ball with Cejudo, who was stripped not long after. For two years, the former champion sat on the sidelines. However, earlier this year, Cejudo announced his intentions to return. He enrolled himself into the USADA pool and called for a fight against Alexander Volkanovsky. A win over the great would make Cejudo the only fighter in UFC history to win gold in three different weight divisions. It appears that that fight is off the table as the UFC featherweight champion has announced his intentions to move to lightweight. With Volkanovsky out of the picture, Cejudo admitted on his YouTube channel that he is once again debating retirement. Um, I'm not going to read what Henry said because, like, if the goal was to become, as you call it, C4, you can still do it. You might not beat Volkanovski, but there's still Max. That's still a feather in your cap. Is, or is it that Volkanovski beat him three times that you're not interested, that you want Volkanovski? And when in God's name did they say that Volkanovski, Volkanovski himself has said, I will jump between two weight divisions. And it's not a guarantee that he goes in there and fights Islam or Charles and he wins. What if one of those guys starches him and then he goes back down to featherweight? So Henry, stop it right now. If you're really going to do this, do it because you're a great fighter. If you're doing it for attention and you want to throw a tantrum, go ahead. But I'm going to stop listening because this is childish to me. So stop it right now. Or is it that you wanted to be one and done and fight? around the summertime of next year and then be like, all right, deuces. And now, I mean, you can still do that because you'll still be a three-division champ. But then it goes back to what I've been telling you guys. Like with the Charles thing, when he got stripped, guarantee most of those fighters see him as the lightweight champ. Guarantee. And like they feel like if they win in some other way, it's not legit. And I bet you that's how Henry feels. But he needs to stop throwing these freaking tantrums, bro. Like just stop, please. Let's go back to this card. I'm going to start with Benil Darius versus Mateusz Gamera. That's probably going to be fine of the night. Those guys are next level brutal. My only worry is Benil's ankle injury. Like he opted not to get surgery and he's still fighting. So I wonder if his ankle injury is going to come into play. Mateusz Gamera, that, that guy's a beast. I shouldn't have said what I said. I'm sorry. That guy's a beast. Um, Yeah, man. It's a good fight. This fight of the night right there. Peter Yan versus Sean O'Malley. I don't know about this one. I'm kind of scared for Sean. <laughs> I'm kind of scared for Sean. And there's people out there that think Sean O'Malley's going to win this fight. I'm scared for Sean. I will tell you one thing. It's a three-round fight. Peter tends to start out kind of slow. He tends to start out kind of slow. So we'll see what happens. I hope. This is going to be a good fight. I'm going to be up since 8 a.m. for this, bro. Like, 
what I see giving Peter trouble is because Sean's very tall and his limbs are very long for the division. And Peter's, like, he's not tiny, but he's a lot shorter. So I don't know, man. The Siberian Gangster versus Sugar Sean O'Malley is a crazy fight. Let's move on to the title fights. Wait, but I do want to say, I believe if it goes to the ground, it's Peter's fight. Even though Peter likes to fight in the feet. Like, I feel like Sean O'Malley's going to get hurt. I feel like Sean O'Malley's going to get hurt. All right, let's move on. Aljamain Sterling versus TJ Dillashaw. Honestly, I feel like if TJ could keep Aljamain off his back, he wins this fight. Easy. I like TJ in this fight. A lot of people are counting out Sterling because of the way Sterling acts. If you count out Sterling because of the way he acts, then you just start counting out Henry. Because Henry acts the same way. Um, Charles Dubronx Oliveira takes on Islam Mahashev. You know, up until like about two days ago, I'm like, there's no way Islam wins this fight. Like, once it goes to the ground, Charles chokes him and that's it. But then, then I remember the Mike Chandler fight. Charles had his hooks in on Mike and had the choke in it. Mike turned around in his guard. And then he won that first round. And then he came out gun blazing and got caught in the second round. I believe this fight's going to be win. One on the stand up because if Islam ends up on top of him, hold on, guys. If Islam ends up on top of him, I feel like he's just gonna put his weight on him and Charles isn't gonna do anything. Now, if Charles doesn't stop attacking, makes Islam move, I believe he'll lose the first couple rounds, but round three, four, five, it's a five round fight, 25 minutes. If you go in there, I don't know, I feel like. I feel it's going to go rounds one and two. I'll give to Islam. Like, the turning point would be round three, four, five. Like, we'll see, man. And then the other thing is Charles is clinched because his clinch has gotten a lot better. One thing I will tell you is Islam's not going to start swinging wild the way Gaethje did. The way, because Gaethje lost that fight because he got into a slugfest with Charles and started swinging wild and Charles just moved out of the way. He got clipped a few times and then took his chance and clipped him and then beat him up. That's not going to be the case here. Islam will be very calculated. This is a great fight. If Charles beats him, I honestly feel like I know what Khabib says. I don't even train anymore. I'm, I am got big. All I do is eat burgers and drink Coke. But I honestly feel that if Islam Mahashev loses on Saturday night, we see Habib Nurmagomedov come back. That's my opinion. I honestly believe that. I'm not saying it's going to happen. So that's that's that. What do we got left here? So the fighters are no longer able to place bets on UFC fights. Like UFC fighters are no longer able to bet on the fight. Whether they're involved or not. Which I find very weird. I don't understand why. And there's ways around that too, you know. Like they could just ask their friends to do it. UFC bans fighters from banning on UFC fights to meet integrity standards. Mm. The UFC has ushered a new policy that bans its fighters from betting on UFC fights. In a letter sent out by UFC Chief Business Officer Hunter Campbell, fighters and their teams were told that the updated athlete code of conduct policy will now prohibit them and their close associates from wagering on UFC events. Come on. 
They're gonna find ways around this. UFC noted that it had to change the policy to fall in line with regulators responsible for the regulated sports betting industry in the United States as sports wagering continues to expand across the country. Most regulated sports betting states have prohibited athletes from wagering on sports to which they are affiliated. Some states even expand this ban to athletes and teams, family members, and others who have access to insider information. The UFC said in a statement, the UFC contacted athletes, the UFC contracted athletes, sorry, are not exempt from these prohibitions which state legislators and regulators have implemented for the purpose of maintaining the integrity of our sport. In order to assist our athletes in understanding their obligations under the law, the majority of the states in which sports betting is permitted, and in further support of these integrity measures, the UFC has incorporated a wagering prohibition into the UFC athlete conduct policy, expressly prohibit athletes from wagering on any UFC matches. UFC added to its statement that fighters are still able to seek out brand ambassador agreements with sports betting companies and are still allowed to wager on any other sports or other MMA promotions. I mean, come on. There's ways around that. You're saying, you're saying I can't get my close cousin, but I could get my third cousin that I don't even talk to that they wouldn't even know. That probably has a different last name than me to do it. Come on. I mean, come on, bro. Come on, bro. The U.S. is just doing this to cover themselves. Come on, bro. What's next? Okay, last thing, UFC returns to Australia for UFC 284 in Perth. UFC, the world's premier mixed martial arts promotion today, announced its return to Australia for UFC 284 at Perth's RAC Arena on Sunday, February 12, 2023. That means for us it will be February 11th. In the partnership with Western Australian Government through Tourism Western Australia, this event marks the UFC's return to Perth with a pay-per-view event following the success of UFC 221, Romero vs. Rockhold in February of 2018 in front of the A-capacity crowd. For those who don't want to miss a second of the action, fans can start locking in their plans and securing their tickets early as UFC travel packages are now available to purchase. Head to www.sportsnetholiday.com slash UFC 284 to book your spot. VIP experiences are also available on location. Okay, whatever. Five fans wanting to keep up to date with all further bouts and ticketing information for UFC 284 can register their entrance at UFC.com. www.ufc.com. The highlight of the Australian summer calendar marks UFC's highly anticipated return to the Aussie shores since October of 2019 when the Global UFC attendance record was set at UFC 243, Whitaker vs. Adesanya at Melbourne's Marble Stadium. Australia, we're back, said UFC President Dana White. I'm so pumped we are returning to Perth for UFC 284. It was an amazing host city in 2018, and this February we're bringing a stack card headline with a championship fight. Australian fans are some of the best fans in the world. We have waited a long time for this. I can't wait to put on another message show for them. I will see you there. Uh, okay. 
So, look, bro. If what they're saying is true, let's see. October, November, December, January, February. If Islam, the winner of this fight, if they come out with the scratch, they're, they're going to fight here. Are you kidding me? They're not going to have the number one pound for pound guy who helped them make the announcement? Because look, it says right here. Helping make the announcement today at the RAC Arena was UFC featherweight champion and number one pound for pound athlete in the world, Alexander Volkanovsky. Are you kidding? It's all lined up, bro. It's all lined up. Are you kidding me? You don't think these guys will go insane to see this guy fight? Or this is where you get Henry. Henry, come on. Stop messing around, Henry. It's almost October. You're going to come in here and we're going to make this massive fight. You don't think these people will go insane for Henry? Let me tell you, Henry's loved. Okay, like I know he's the king of cringe and all that stuff, but that guy can fight and he's loved around the world. They might boo him if he's fighting Alex Volkanovsky, but I'm telling you, this guy's good, man. But that's all I got for you guys. Let's do closing thoughts. Um, UFC Fight Night, Grosso versus Arrogio, I think her name is. Uh yeah, that's what it is. Viviani Arrogio. Great fight. I can't see can't wait to see what Alexa does next. Volquez replacement. Good call, UFC. I feel bad for Benil Dariush. I really do. UFC 280 is a stack card. Ooh, I forgot to talk about it. We're gonna come. We're not done yet, sorry. I forgot to talk about this. UFC 282. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. So UFC 282 is going to be the final pay-per-view event for the UFC, which takes place at December 10th at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. As of right now, the headliner is Iri Prohaska will defend his light heavyweight belt against Glover Teixeira. But, but, there's hope that they're going to have two title fights because right now the report is they don't know if Beery versus Glover is going to be the main event or co-main. Because John Jones is ready. He's ready to fight December. The The question here is, is Francis Ngannou because he has knee surgery. So they don't know if that's going to happen. So they're, they're thinking about doing Jones versus Stipe for the interim belt. And then down the line. Or just waiting for Francis. I will hit up his manager later in the week. But also they got Robbie Lawler versus Santiago Pontenibio, Edmund Shabazian versus Dacha Lumigambula. I don't know who that is. Billy Contentello versus Alexander Hernandez. TJ Brown versus Eric Silva. The Chris Duplices versus Darren Till. Rosinho Rosenstray versus Chris Dawkins. Chris Curtis versus Joaquin Buckley. Daniel Del Silva versus Vincia Salvador. Bo Nickel versus Jamie Pickett, Cameron Saeeman versus Ronnie Lawrence, Oben St. Pru versus Alexander Gustafsson. I was gonna say Volkanovski, and then Jan Brakovic versus Magomed Akilayev. Dang, that's a stack card. I'll be back in the states by then, so I'm excited for that. <laughs> now, that's all I got for you guys. So let's go back to closing thoughts. UFC 282 stack card. Can't wait. Fighters no longer able to place bets. Come on, they're gonna find a way around that. UFC announces return to Australia. 
It's going to be Alex versus either Henry or the winner of Islam and, and Charles. Or at the very least, his lightweight debut against somebody. Alright guys, have a great weekend. Remember, early start time if you're on the East Coast. Prelims start at 11 a.m. West Coast, 8 a.m. Main card for East Coast, 2 p.m. West Coast, 11 a.m. So, that that's what I got there. But I'll see you guys later. Enjoy the rest of your week. Remember, when you're feeling down, you always got a friend in me. Deuces, guys. Later.